Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Today, chatting with Head of Investment from Provident, Cheng Chai Sun, joining us. The stock market has been on one of its worst losing streaks in decades. What a sell-off, eh? We've seen the S&P 500 push nearly 20% below its record highs. We know recession risks are rising. But if you look at history, it shows us that not all bear markets lead to long-term downturns. And stocks can often rebound. So are there signs that there may be a stock market recovery in the near future. One school of investors appear to believe that inflation has peaked and they take their cues from the semiconductor industry. Another from shipping, a third cue from agribusiness and a fourth cue from producer prices, which peaked last year in China. I mean, very briefly, the barometer of costs for a broad range of finished electronic goods from light bulbs to laptops, the prices are now half what it was in 2018, so down 14% from the beginning of the year. The spot rate for shipping containers dropped more than 25% over the past nine months. And when it comes to agribusiness, more specifically fertilizer, the North American Fertilizer Index, which affects food prices across the globe, is down nearly 25% in March. But let's see what Chai Sun has to say about stock markets. Good morning, Chai Sun. Hi, Michelle. Good morning. Now, stock markets recovered in May. Do you think that we're seeing the start of a recovery? Yeah. Well, in, that's a good question. In May, we saw the S&P 500 fall into bear market territory intraday, right? Well, that's basically for those who don't get the jargon. It's a 20% fall from the peak. Mm-hmm. Good news is that it didn't close in a bear market. And then, you know, after it sort of did that intraday dip into a bear market, it started a rally that led to it closing up actually for the month of May, which is sort of a nice bounce given that we've had seven losing weeks prior to that. So, you know, this was driven by some optimism that an economic slowdown would result in the fact that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, would not be able to raise rates as much as they forecast to. I think a bit of a case of bad news is actually some good news kind of a situation because we can see this from the fact that bond yields were starting to fall, especially towards the, the later stages of this sell-off in the market, especially towards mid-May. We saw the bond yields trade lower. And so you know, this means that investors were factoring in slightly lower economic growth in the future. And you know, generally, if economic growth is cooling, what that means is that there might not be such a good impetus for the Fed to raise rates as high as they have said that they would. But of course, this is just you know, what we can see from the prices in the market. It's an expectation. And you know, we're not, we won't know for sure whether or not the U.S. economy is going to go into a recession or if the Fed is not going to raise rates as high until more data comes out. But right now, the economy seems to be doing just fine. Uh, consumer sentiment has still been strong in April. And, you know, the stock market fall, I think, is largely due to the fact that higher interest rates are coming and that's bringing up the discount rate that people use to value stocks. So, you know, as for a recovery, I think that's still a little up in the air. There's still a lot of uncertainty around things like inflation and how it will affect the Fed since, you know, they're going to have a meeting on the 14th of June mm. and we'll definitely be finding out more about what they're thinking there about the economy, about inflation, about where interest rates are going. Mm. But it does look like, you know, the market was pretty oversold in the short term. Uh, 
and needed to bounce. So it might be a bit early to call for a recovery right now, but you know we definitely hope that the selling is over. What are you looking at um, that may suggest prices have hit a bottom or haven't hit a bottom? Well, I think the one other thing to keep in mind is valuations. So right now, we still haven't really seen a large number of earnings downgrades come through, especially in the US, especially for the S&P 500. I don't think we've seen a significant lowering of forward earnings yet. So given that is the case and the fact that margins for companies are at sort of at or near historical highs, that's really question. The question is, has, you know, slowing earnings been priced in? And well, we might not get slowing earnings, but at this point, we do see that slowing earnings haven't really been priced into the market. So I think, uh, you know, if you start to see the economy slow and some of these earnings start to, the forward earnings start to come down, I think that's probably a sign that, you know, we are nearer the bottom because, you know, uh, more bad news has been priced in. All right, so global investors are wrestling with inflation, interest rates and the economy. Broadly, the question about whether or not interest rate hikes intended to stop inflation will also plunge economies into recession. Do you think U.S. inflation has peaked or could it moderate? Yeah, the Fed's favourite inflation measure, the core personal consumption expenditure price index, the PCE, rose 4.9% in April in a sign that price increases could be slowing. The increase in the core PCE Mm -hmm. was sort of in line with expectations and it reflected a slowing pace from the 5.2% reported in March. So we had a, you know, slight dip in April. And so, well, this core PCE number, though, just keep in mind, it excludes the volatile food and energy prices that have been a major contributor to inflation so far. But, you know, including food and energy, headline PCE increased 6.3% in April from a year ago. And that's also a deceleration because March was an increase of 6.6%. And the monthly change showed even larger pullback with an increase of just 0.2% versus a 0.9% increase in March. But so that does make it seem like, you know, there's a chance inflation might be moderating, but the decline in the inflation Mm -hmm. rate was really led by energy prices in April, which sort of moderated and fell a little. But I think since then, what we saw in May is that oil prices have shot up again. Uh, Prices at the pump have jumped up again in May. Uh, I think in the US, it's much more than uh, 11% month on month. So that might, you know, so the May numbers, which will be coming out thing later this month, might actually show you know that inflation has gone up again because largely the reduction in inflation was due to sort of a moderation in energy prices. I think yeah we can see that in Singapore too. I think uh, gas prices have gone up even oh, if, yes. if you go to the petrol station in the last month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, did you want to well, add to that? Yeah, well, as to whether, you know, so given that energy prices are really one of the major drivers of inflation right now, I think the good news is that OPEC and its allies on just this past Thursday agreed to accelerate oil production in July and August. And this might be one of the big, you know, swing factors that might help to moderate inflation because energy prices have really spiked due to the sanctions on Russian oil and gas. Right, so uh, they're going to increase their output by almost 50 percent yeah well let's hope that helps prices at the pumps i almost keeled over when i saw my latest receipt honestly so we know that 
financial conditions are going to be a key guide as to how much policy tightening is required. If we look ahead to the FOMC meeting on the 14th of June, and if you pull out your crystal ball, what are you expecting from the Fed, Chaisen? Yep. That's a good question. I think everybody is uh, keeping a close eye on that. Well, according to the Cleveland Fed president, Loretta Mester, so on the just the 1st of June, she said, to quote her, she said, the Federal Reserve may need to continue raising rates at the current clip through September unless there's compelling evidence that you know inflation has peaked based on the range of data. So the Fed has signaled that they expect to raise the interest rates by 50 basis points or half a percentage point in June and in July. So this Cleveland Fed president is saying that she's likely to push for a 50 basis point hike also in the September meeting. So, you know, I think the key is to keep an eye on the inflation measure, like the PCE, right? Unless it shows a significant drop going forward, I think we're definitely getting 50 basis points in June. We are highly likely to get 50 basis points in July. I think the question is, will we get 50 basis points in September or will we get 25 basis points in September? Yeah. So, well, I mean, the market, you know, the interest rate futures are pricing in expectations for the Fed to, you know, raise the policy rate to about 3%, 2 2.75% to 3% at the year end, and that's two full percentage points higher than where it is today. So, So that's if the market sort of expectation is right, then we're going to see still a couple more 50 basis points hikes at least. So Jerome Powell recently said the goal was getting rates up to more neutral levels as quickly as predictably possible. Um, what, what factors could signal that the Fed may be contemplating a pause in the rate hikes? I think if anything would give the Fed pause is if they start to see signs that the economy is slowing, that unemployment is going up, uh, that the labour market is cooling, and I think that maybe wage increases are not going up so much. So basically, interest rate hikes are tools that the central bank that monetary policy uses is to control demand, the demand side of the equation. So making money more expensive, uh, it's more attractive to save rather than to spend. That is one way to bring down demand for goods. And that's one way to you know, control the prices of goods because uh, if you have more demand than supply, of course, demand will go up. So if you have less demand, then you know, demand will come down. So the other way that demand can be impacted is if through the, well, I guess not monetary policy, but just the real economy. So essentially, the economy slows down. If people lose their jobs, if wages don't go up as much, if economic output starts to slow and businesses start to earn less profits, and then you know there's less sort of income for people to spend, or less demand for business goods. So long as they see all these factors slow down, which means that demand is slowing down, then that might give them a reason to pause because at least that side of the equation that they're trying to affect is being affected by other means. You know? So they might not need to raise rates as high because they can't do anything about supply. So they can only work on demand. Cheng Chai-sen is Head of Investment at Provident. Let's switch gears, look at what's happening over in China. Amidst the early signs that lockdowns in Shanghai and Beijing are easing, we've seen Chinese sex stocks get a bit of a rise. They've been downtrodden recently. So should investors sit out 
the China tech stock bounce or is there reason for optimism for China stocks, Chaisen? Good question. Chinese stocks have definitely had a bad start to the year as COVID restrictions have really impacted earnings and growth. This resulted in you know, analysts slashing the forward estimates for MSCI China by about 10% in March. And that's pretty pretty large cut to earnings. So I think right now, what we see is that earnings are no longer being cut and analysts are actually looking and expecting that profits might rebound in the second half as the Chinese economy looks back on track. Like you mentioned, the tech stocks, they're surprised on the upside recently. Uh, results by Alibaba and Baidu have been better than expected. In particular, Alibaba uh, had an EPS of $1.55 and expectations were for an EPS of $1.07. So it's an almost 50% higher than expected kind of earnings. And so it appears that the market and investors were a little too bearish on Chinese equities you know, uh, previously. The other big factor that's going to have an impact on the Chinese market is that there's going to be strong economic fiscal stimulus expected coming soon from the government because they are looking to support the economy after the recent hit due to the Omicron wave that they experienced. And then they're trying to also make sure that they can achieve the five and a half percent growth target. So there's also going to be some strong tailwinds from fiscal stimulus as the government looks to support the economy and the economic growth. So in a way, valuations are probably a bit more attractive Mm. because earnings have been cut. MSCI China is down 18% year to date in 2022 and it's down 45% from its high in February 2021. So, well, it definitely is worth keeping an eye on and taking a look at the Chinese market if the investors have the appropriate risk appetite. But, you know, there are still risks, of course, because Mm. if COVID hit again, that would cause further disruption to businesses and the economy. And also, there might be weaker demand for goods from China because the rest of the world is a bit uncertain right now due to the inflation, whether economic growth will continue to be strong in the rest of the world. So weak global demand for goods might weigh on export earnings also for Chinese companies. So investors, I mean, it's worth taking a look at, but investors should definitely do their own due diligence and make sure they size their risk and exposure accordingly. So China's underperformance could come to an end, but there's still reasons to brace for volatility. Mm-hmm. Got it. Chaisen, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Michelle. Cheng Chaisen is head of investment at Provident. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.